All right, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of 2 Timothy. Uh, take 2 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, we're going to read verses down, uh, 3 through to 7. I felt stirred uh, for the next couple of weeks. We're going to go through a series. Uh, I want to preach on the passion of, of God. I want to preach on passion uh, for the next couple of series. So if you have your Bibles, our text for the next couple of weeks, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through to 7. And I, I love, I don't know about you, but I love being around passionate people. I love being around people who are just on fire and just on, you know, just, just, just a per- passionate type of person, man. They're just energetic. They're enthusiastic about the things of God. I love that. It's contagious. It gets on your spirit. And when it comes to passion, the first person I think of is Pastor Dax. <laughs> I mean, this guy is the most passionate man you could ever come across. Can you say amen to that? He, that's, this guy's like, hey, brother, how you guys? Like, oh, man. How many coffees you had, man? He's like, no, no, no coffees, bro. I'm like, man, where do you get that passion, man? And I'm telling you, so I want to talk about passion for the next weeks because I believe God wants to stir a passion in us. I mean, we're not just called to be Sunday Christians, just come in casual. No, we ought to be passionate. We ought to be, you know what, people of passion. We ought to be a people where we say, you know what, man, even though we've been in the world and we were on fire for the world, I mean, we used to give 100% to the the clubs i'm telling you man give drinks you got money spend like all night you work the whole week and then you spend it all on booze hey come on don't go quiet on me now hey i'm telling you man i was like man that was my life i was so passionate about that i'm like yeah man if i'm gonna live i don't care i'll just do anything i was a passion but i'm telling you when it comes to christians are we the same or are we just a casual, comfortable Christian, just come in your seat, oh, feed me pasta, and then all the way out, just burp on your way out, thank you for feeding me. I mean, we ought to be passionate, that we ought to receive the Word of God and begin to put it in practice. And the word passion, I mean, I was studying this, and I was like, I was astounded by the meaning of passion. Most people refer to passion, they use it to, uh, as a term of strong emotions, reflecting an intense desire or this boundless enthusiasm But the real meaning of passion, do you know what it is? The real meaning of passion is suffering. I mean, what a weird concept. You search it up right now. Webster's Dictionary actually gives a first uh, meaning is this. Listen to this. The sufferings of Christ between the night of the Last Supper and His death. If you were to Google passion, that's what it will come up with. And so the real meaning for passion is this. A willingness to suffer for what you love. I mean, just think about that for a minute. True passion, when it comes down to it, is a willingness to suffer for what you love. I mean, Jesus, here it is. The Webster's Dictionary would use passion as a, to suffering to our God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. A picture right there and then in the Garden of Gethsemane, where He was under such immense pressure where he was his sweat became like great drops of blood the passion that was set in that garden of suffering that's why the word compassion means com plus passion is willing to suffer with another person do you get that that's there it is compassion a willing to come alongside and to see how they're suffering and to feel what they feel to cry the way uh, to go alongside and to cry with them to have compassion Jesus was moved with both passion and compassion. He was moved to say, you know what, Uh, even though it's difficult, 
Even though uh, this cup cannot pass from me, this passion, this desire, I've got to do it because I love you. Jesus says he loves you and I, that he endured the cross. That's why we got to be passionate. That's why we got to be passionate Christians because how many know the Christian walk ain't easy? Oh, it just, it just must be just me. I'm telling you, the Christian walk ain't easy. Amen. Oh, you perfect up in here. I'm sorry, I must be in the wrong place. Man, I, I, I'm sorry, you were born in Bible in one hand, came out speaking in tongues. You didn't come out saying, ga, ga, goo, goo. <laughs> you came out, shadalabako. You came out speaking in tongues. No, 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 no. Man, we came out, man, we were disgusting, foul mouth. But that's the reason why Christ died on the cross because he says, you know what, man, I need to go and move because I love these people. And I'm telling you, this is why uh, when we're talking about passion, it is a difficult walk. But we got to have passion to suffer for who we love is Christ. In our text, listen to it. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 to 7, 3, uh, says this, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing. I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lewis and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Verse 6, therefore I remind you to stir up, everyone say stir up, the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. God, I pray, Lord, these next couple of weeks that you would help us, Lord God, to gain an understanding of true passion. Lord God, that we would be a passionate believers, Lord God, to continue to walk the walk even when it's difficult. God, for passion takes over the emotion. I pray, God, that you raise up disciples who are passionate, Lord God, that would continue to fight the good fight of faith, defend the flame, Lord God, no matter what it takes. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said, Amen. In our text, Paul is encouraging this young pastor, Timothy. In our text, this young preacher, this young pastor has got to this point. It's like, man, this gift that's in him. Paul is reminding him, man, that's, that's been passed on down to you from generation to generation. And he's saying, look, don't let it die with you. Don't let this genuine faith that's in you die within you. It needs to be passed on. That was in your grandmother. It was in your mother. Now it's in you. This passion, this fire, listen, has got to be fanned again. And it's reminding Timothy. He's reminding him, listen, you've got to be passionate. The, the challenge here, right here in our text is this. To live passionate as a Christian, we must choose to walk the narrow path. Amen. When it's difficult, we got to stir it up again. When we feel like we've just hit a wall. How many hit a wall when you're just like, man, I'm all, I came to church and man, yeah, great sermon game. You get out there, you go to work, it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh man, the passion's gone. But I'm talking about real passion is when you get up in the morning and you go to work and it's, you got to endure it. You know, and you, it's, you, got, you got a boss that's nagging you, but yet, you know, hey, I'm going to be Christian. And that's passion. It's, it's going through, it's enduring it. This is what passion is. Because the reality is this, we, we will face difficult times. There's times when you're going to feel like you're getting beaten down. There's times when you're going to feel like you're, you're suffering. And you can lose your passion. You can lose this enthusiasm in your Christian walk. You can lose your zeal in the service for Christ. But in reality, listen, we must walk with Christ, whatever it takes to suffer with Him. 
That's true passion. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12. Listen to this verse. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of the sufferings, of, of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory is revealed, that you may also be glad with exceedingly joy. I mean, here it is. It's talking about partaking in Christ's suffering. True passion that comes in and says, you know what? Hey, listen, the narrow path, it's difficult. But listen, it's going to take passion for you to walk. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way. Many people live on Broadway. Many people live on Broadway where their lives are just total destructive. Many people just do whatever they want to do. They say whatever they want to say. They just drink whatever they want to drink with, sleep with whoever they want to sleep with, just live their life with no care. People live on this path. It's the broad way. But listen to what Jesus says. Many go in by it. Verse 14, because narrow is the gate and difficult. Everyone say difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. I mean, listen tonight, this is Christianity. Let's be real. Christianity is cutting against the grain. Christianity is swimming against the tide of, of this world of popularity. You might go to school and everyone's laughing at you, mocking you. Listen, this is Christianity because you know what? It is not going with the flow with the world. It's going the other way. I'm telling you, this is the time where true Christians who are passionate decide to say, hey, no more 50-50 around here. Come on. Oh, amen. This is 100%. I, I'm not playing games. Oh, I wish I could rap that, bro. <laughs> I wish I could rap it, bro. Man, I'm telling you, there ain't no 50-50 around here. Come on now. It's, it's either you're going to be a part of Christianity and say, you know what? Oh, yes, it might be difficult, but this is why we've got to be passionate to take partake in this suffering with Christ. As in to say, you know what, man, this is where the uh, true glory takes place. Can I encourage every single Christian brother and sister here tonight? This walk ain't easy, but you've got to live it with passion. This walk ain't easy, but you got to live it with passion. Don't give up. Don't quit. you got to move when God moves. you got to get up when it's time to get up. you got to fan the flame, bro. you got to fan the flame, sis. Although your friends might be going the other way, you got to be say, a certain way and say, you know what? No, I'm walking with passion. i got a zeal within me. i got a fire within me because God has set that in place. There's a, there's a story found in 2 Kings chapter 1. A story about this lost axe head. 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 1. Listen to this story. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, see now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go up to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered go. Then one said please consent to go with your servants and he answered I will go. So he went with them and when he came to the Jordan they cut down trees. But listen to this. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the, son of, uh, so the man of God said, Where did it fall? Think about that. Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick, threw it in there, and he made the iron float. Therefore he said, Pick it up yourself. So he reached out his hand and he took it. You see, this story talks about a particular man who was out there carrying out a job. He was working hard and then all of a sudden his axe head flew off. 
Now this story can be representative of your passion. That once you had it, you was a, it was working for you. Then all of a sudden you've lost your passion. What do you do when you lose your passion? What do you do when you lose the fire? What do you do when the axe, the instrument that was accomplishing the task in your life, no longer does it? What do you do? We do exactly what we see in the story right here. Where did it fall? Where did you lose your passion? Where, when was the time when you lost your passion for Jesus Christ? It's there you got to go back to that place and begin to say, yep, you got to pick it up yourself. You got to face your past and say, you know what? Okay, this is it. And you got to throw in, what did he say? He cut off a stick, threw it in there. A picture of God, a picture of the cross. Sometimes you just got to get Christ involved in your situation. Sometimes you got to chuck it in and say, you know what? God, I can't do this on my own. What ends up happening is a miracle takes place. He begins to pick up the accent and he begins to go again. Lost axe head. Think about the word lost because I'm telling you the lost axe head is a picture of a lost fire. And this is important because Jesus said to a certain church that they've lost a love. Revelation chapter 2 verse 1. Listen to this verse. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have per uh, persevered and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works. Or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. You see, the church is like the picture of someone just laboring, the cutting edge of Christianity. But as soon as you lose your love, I'm telling you, as soon as you lose the love for Jesus, passion is lost. Notice in the text that we've just read, love was lost in this church. They were doing everything right. They were doing all the good things, but yet they lost their first love. Listen, for us to be passionate, for us to make it through, it's got to be through love. For us to serve in ministry, for us to love our children, for us to love our, our uh, husbands and wives, listen, it's going to take love. The passion to begin to move through, the, through our lives, that you know what, God moves through us, His Spirit begins to move through us. And here in our story, Paul challenges Timothy stir up stir up what God has placed in you you see ministry was imparted into Timothy's life his ability to preach and to be a pastor most of you here tonight God has given you a gift God has given you something of a potential influence for his kingdom and that thing needs to be stirred verse 6 says I remind you stir up the gift of God that's in you. Other translations say you got to fan the flame, stir it into a flame, rekindle the embers, keep it ablaze, let it burn. He's talking about there's got to be some work done. It just can't happen. You got to stoke the fire. There's got to be work to be done because our commitment, our relationship with Christ can die out. That's why we got to fan the flame with God. And here the question I want to ask tonight, are you on fire for God? Is it evident on your life that the fire has died out? 
Is it evident on you that, you know what, you've lost dominion? You've lost passion. There's no urgency in your life to pray. There's no uh, desire to uh, read God's word. Is it in you tonight? Because, listen, it's your responsibility. Just like the, the man who the axe head fell. Listen, he had to go and take that axe head. It was a borrowed axe head. You got to get your own fire. You got to have your own relationship with Jesus. You got to get your own passion. You can't rely on sister so-and-so who loves God with all her heart. You can't rely well on brother so-and-so who's got a fire for Jesus. You got to get your own passion. You got to rekindle your own fire. You got to have your own relationship with Jesus that, you know what, it turns from duty to delight. I'm telling you, your discipline has got to turn into devotion. There's something that's within you that, yep, you know what, it's going to take some work. You've got to stoke the fire. You've got to fan it. That's work involved. But listen, it'll turn from discipline to devotion. I want to tell tonight, you know, you've got to rekindle the fire. How do you rekindle the fire? It starts with a personal relationship with Jesus. It's that simple. The second key is involvement. The second key is evangelizing. The key towards fanning the flame is telling others about Christ. I loved going out yesterday on an outreach to Springfield. I absolutely loved it. There was, uh, you know, we were in the car driving down and man, brother Mano knew every single person on the street. I mean, bro, I was like, bro, you want me to, you want me to stop pull over? Because, oh, no, no, that's so cool. <laughs> I was like, yeah. But I'm telling you, the, it, was, it was amazing because here it is, you know what, we're, we're out there, he was witnessing and something was just stirring within him. I noticed, I was like, man, he wanted to go out, hand more flyers. I'm just like, oh, man, come on, let's go, let's go. And Hemi, Hemi started getting the fire. I was like, man, I started getting the fire. Because when you start to get involved, when you start being on outreach, when you start getting involved in ministry, something happens within you. A fire begins to burn, uh, burn again. A flame begins to come ablaze because you're involved, because you're evangelizing. Your eyes are now not on yourself, but it's on other people. Jesus had his eyes on you and I. That he caused him to just have that passion to, and drive to just go through what he had to do. We got to be a people who are stirred. Romans chapter 12 verse 11. Not lagging in diligence, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. The word fervent means to be hot, to glow, to be earnest, to be passionate. It speaks of energy. James chapter 5, verse 16, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And it says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. I mean, it's talking about a man or a woman who has a passionate prayer life. I mean, our prayer life has got to change gears. Uh, whenever we're praying, we've got to pray passionately. Say, you know what, God, we just don't want you to pass by. God, we don't want just anything happen. God, we need you. Amen. We need to be a people of passion. Be a people on fire for God. Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight. Simple message on just stirring our faith. Next couple of weeks, we want to talk about uh, passion and what it means. Hallelujah. Passion. To suffer. A willingness to suffer for what you love. That's true passion. I believe, you know what, it's, it's more than just charisma. True passion comes down to character. You can be a people, you can be a man of charisma, but have no substance. But if you're a man or woman of character, that's someone who's a passionate person. Someone who just 
uh, has charisma, has no substance, has no so, uh, no nothing about them, their lives, no convictions. But a person of character is able to move through suffering, move through the trials and tribulations with passion because of what they love. I want to give an invitation tonight. I want to ask, maybe you're here tonight and your heart's not right with God. I want to ask tonight, if you were to die in your sins, where would you spend eternity? Think about that tonight. If you were to die tonight in your sins, where would you spend eternity? Friend, one, one of us, every single one of us is going to stand before God on judgment day. The Bible says it is appointed for man to die once and then comes judgment. Are you ready to meet your God? If you were to die tonight in your sins, our sins are what separate us from a loving God. You know you're not right with God. You know you're living in sin, but tonight you want to say, yeah, I want to, I want to make heaven my home. I want Jesus to come into my life. I want to be forgiven. I want you to do one simple thing. I want you to raise your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. You know your heart's not right. You know if you were to die, you wouldn't make heaven your home. Lift your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. I'm not saved. Every head bowed and every eye is closed. No one is looking around. No one is moving right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is just between you and God. Lift your hand tonight. 